your dream and your life goal, whether it's building a business, even building a relationship, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a decade, 20 years, 30 years. So you have to have macro patience in the pursuit of what you're trying to do. I've always felt immense fear. I was born with several falls. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up, use their voice, and make an impact in this world. You're listening to The Weekly Parody. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host and I am so grateful, so grateful that you guys are here with me. Uh, On Wednesdays, we do throwback episodes. For those of you who don't know, we had a show for about a year and a half and just relaunched it a few weeks ago. And I'm just sharing some of my favorite episodes from the old show and just bringing back some just powerful guests that I know will add a lot of value to you guys. So before we get started with that, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And you know what I'm about to ask, you know it, wait for it and leave us a review. There we go. (laughs) Uh, Today's episode is with Maral Eric. She's the founding team member and growth lead of Hello Chava, which is a technology startup. And she's also the founder of the Doer Society, which is a fast-growing entrepreneurial community for women. She built this community on the firm belief that real shared experiences are the best way to improve and scale mentorship. So she is super passionate about networking, community, going for the ask, putting yourself out there, getting told no over and over and over again, and just letting that fuel your fire, which that's not easy That sounds awesome, but that's not easy. So we dig into that a little bit because that's a part of the game. If you're stepping out and you are building something, no matter what that is, you're going to be rejected. You're going to feel like crap sometimes. You're going to have people just completely shut you out or ignore you. And that's just a part of it. And most people can't, they can't handle it. So they give up and they quit. Uh, I hope that's not you. I hope that this episode encourages you to press in to whatever your thing is. And if you get told no, if you feel awkward sometimes, if sometimes you feel this self-doubt or whatever, that you just know it's normal. So we're going to dig into that today. So here is our throwback episode with Moral Eric. I'm a founding team member at a tech startup called Hello Chava. I also head growth at Hello Chava. And I'm founder of Doer Society, an entrepreneurial community for women. So I've always been entrepreneurial. I like to think I've been an entrepreneur from a young age. Mm -hmm. So when I was eight years old, I was the girl starting dog walking businesses and bake sales and buying jewelry and wholesale to sell it and donate the proceeds to um, charities. And I was always just kind of starting things and seeing like, how can I innovate? How can I make processes more efficient? And how can I make money doing it? So throughout my childhood, that was always something I was doing. And by the time I was at UCLA, a college student, I decided to take my first real stab at making a business. 
So I started an events and ticketing company and my father, this is a side note, is a CEO and he's an extremely humble man. So I looked at everything he was doing and I was like, oh, this is easy. I could start a business and quickly found that it's not that easy. So when I took that first stab at that business, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot about the importance of team, Mm -hmm. the importance of finding product market fit, AKA before going all into something, making sure you validated that there are people who want and even need your product or your service. And I basically did it all wrong, but in the process of doing so, I learned a ton. So I decided towards the end of my junior year in college, I'm going to go ahead and shut this business down, but I'm in love with the startup scene and I'm going to find what I can do next. So what I did was I got on LinkedIn, started searching every founder and CEO in the LA area and reaching out to them saying, Hey, my name is Moral. This is what I've done. Um, I want to help you with anything from growth and partnerships to marketing, biz dev, or even coffee delivery. I just want to come in and learn from you. And I must have been ignored by hundreds of founders, or at least it felt like hundreds, until one day I got lucky. And I say lucky because the luck came with endless hours of persistence. But I got lucky a little bit. And um, one of uh, a CEO of one of Mark Cuban's companies called Dust, which um, used to be called Cyberdust, now it's called Dust. He actually responded back to me and was like, great note, um, I'd love to set a meeting with you. And the rest was history. So I worked there for the next year, which was my senior year at UCLA. Uh-huh. And when it came time to decide what am I doing with my life, um, I so throughout that year that I was working at Dust, I was also making sure that I was constantly reading on the side, learning about the industry and networking. And I met a guy named Zach Choi, who was a, he's absolutely brilliant. He's an ex um, McKinsey. So he's a McKinsey alum and he was ideating a startup called Hello Chava. And um, when I was deciding, what do I do with my life? I was almost certain that I was going to start my own company. I was like, I have a year under my belt of startups now. I kind of know what I'm doing. But I met uh, with Zach and his co-founder, absolutely fell in love with the vision of what they were doing. And very quickly, I made the decision. I was like, I'm going to join you guys as employee number one. And it all kind of just started from there. And how long ago was that? So this was the trip that I took to San Francisco where I met um, Zach and Leonard was April 2016. Yeah. Fairly recent. Wow. Fairly recent. And so much has happened since then. It's crazy. I guess my initial my initial thought, and I know you said that you you know you knew you had this entrepreneurial spirit about you since you were a kid. But even so, you know, when you're in college and you were struggling with that first business and then you were networking and you know getting doors slammed in your face, how did you keep your spirit from just getting crushed? So I think that's a really good question, by the way. I think it's partially something that's wired in me as much as I don't want that to be the answer. I thrive off of failure almost because I really truly see it as a lesson and I'm fascinated by it and I love it because I'm like, this means that I'm being proactive and I'm taking steps towards what I want to do. So I'm just one step closer and next time like I learned this lesson, I'm going to apply it. Next time I'm going to get a little bit closer and a little bit closer. I'm still human. So sometimes it's frustrating. Like sometimes I do get down on myself, but overall I would say the majority of the time I'm pretty good about just seeing failure 
as what it really is, which is just a lesson learned. And um, I think if you can master that ability to keep going, it literally is life changing. Yeah. And then understanding everybody faces it. I mean, we all experience that. Yeah. That's so good. And you you mentioned before um, that you're really passionate about networking and that's obvious for you to be able to, you know, be in that place and just like, I'm going to reach out to hundreds of people. Uh, Can you talk to us a little bit about just the importance of networking and what you, what you've learned about it in this process? Definitely. So I think networking is absolutely the most important thing on earth because we learn through experiences and the most valuable currency that anyone has is actually experience. Like you can't buy it. You can't take it from someone, but what you can do is talk to someone and learn from their experience and really accelerate what you're doing. So, um, I actually built doer society out of my observation that networking is so important. So for example, while I was networking a lot, um, I, learned a ton of industry specific knowledge It opened doors and opportunities to me that I would have never otherwise found. And I just saw, wow, like everyone asks me how I've accelerated in my career so quickly, but it's literally only because I've been going out, talking to people, meeting them and learning from them. So I kind of wanted to at scale share the importance of that networking. And I recognize that going out, reaching out to people, talking to people isn't as natural to everybody, but there are different ways to apply the concept of networking to your own life um, or to rather incorporate it. Online communities, um, even I would argue listening to podcasts like this one, and I really love the Tim Ferriss show, you actually can gain the value of networking from even sitting in your room, not even talking to anybody. Um, through because what you hear is their experiences, their perspectives, their take on things, and you can really think, how do I apply this to my own life? Um, mm. So yeah, both in from the standpoint of accelerating your learning, your career, and your opportunities, and even your paradigm, I think networking is key. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, before moving on, I just want to ask you one more question about that subject because it's something that comes up a lot when I'm talking to people who are starting their businesses or organizations or whatever is networking is so hard. Um, when you feel like, when you come from a place where you feel like you don't have a lot of experience, you said that was a you know huge commodity. You, have, you don't have a lot of experience. You don't have a lot to offer. How can you effectively and appropriately network with people and grow that network base, but also do it in just kind of an ethical way when you really don't have a lot to bring to the table off the bat? Definitely. Um, so there's a couple things. First, I would say always approach networking with the mindset of add value um, before you expect anything in return. Actually, don't even expect anything in return. Just reach out to people. Think, this is somebody I want to be like, or this is somebody's inner circle I want to be in, or someone I want to work with in some way. What can I do to add value to them? Because most people get approached by constantly being asked for things. Like they get cold emails saying, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And they're like, I don't know who you are. I have no reason to talk to you. So the way to get someone to talk to you is to add value to them first. And um, you might need to get creative with this. For example, if you're learning, if you want to learn how to be a great salesperson, maybe you can't reach out to this person and say, oh, I can do sales for you, but you can get creative. Everyone has something to offer. It might take some um, deep digging to think what it is, but just always come from the standpoint of adding value first. Um, And my second piece of advice would be in networking, have a goal. I think a lot of people think networking is just this game of 
how many people can I talk to and how many people can I possibly meet? But that's not necessarily the case. Um, with literally anything you do in business, you have to have a goal. So I would set, say set a very specific target. Like this is my goal for myself or my business. This is the type of person I need to meet to help me get there. So then you can better go about like, okay, since I know the type of person I want to meet, this is where I can find them. So you can be more targeted in searching for networking events on Eventbrite or searching for online communities um, and understanding what type of community you're looking for. Um, but again, once you find that person, when crafting your strategy to reach out to them, think value first. How can I be selfless? I can. How can I be generous? That's such a key point because I think that's the the factor between being productive and being busy. Because if yes. you're just filling your inbox and filling your phone with just all this pointless stuff, you're just keeping yourself busy. And it feels like you're doing a lot, but that's where that emptiness comes in because you're like, what am I accomplishing here? Definitely. So, would you would you mind uh, just digging in a little bit to your startup right now and kind of the story behind that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hello Chava is an AI powered virtual phone system. So basically what that means is we add a second phone number to your phone with a built-in assistant that can help with things like scheduling, booking, client management, eventually payments, etc. So it's basically for what we call the fortune 50 million. So these are the freelancers, the solo professionals, the solo entrepreneurs who are currently running their business effectively over iMessage. They're tech their clients. Um, they're giving their personal number out. So we take away, um, I, I essentially we help professionalize them by adding that second phone number to their phone. And though on your client's end, it's just a regular phone number, the phone number can really do more and help save time for you so you can get back to doing what you do best, which is your work and not admin work. That's incredible. So what do you do on that side of things? What's your Yeah. So I'm growth lead. So, and um, I'm in charge of user acquisition as well. So basically I look at our product and I think about who are our customers. Um, I learn as much about our customers as I possibly can. And then I learn about um, what we can do to get in front of our customers and get our message and our product to resonate with them. And then I think about how to scale that impact. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are always ways to get to ones or twos or tens of people at a time. There's also ways to get to thousands or hundred thousands or millions. So obviously we're still a small startup. So right now we're more in the tens or the hundreds, um, but we're starting to think about the thousands and the millions as time goes on. So um, it's really fun. It's a very creative role, just really thinking about, how do I get this in front of people? How do I get them to love it and use it and want it and need it? And how do I do it on a large scale? Wow. So what have you learned specifically about uh, scaling that you didn't know before? I learned that it's not as easy as it looks. And I know that sounds dumb, but I think the media just leads us to think that when you have smart people working together in a startup, they just figure it out, have all the answers, get a million users overnight, and they make a lot of money. But that's so not true. So even with Hello Chava, so it hasn't even been growth and scaling. It's actually been the actual product itself that's come Mm -hmm. such a long way. Because what a lot of people don't see... Uh, is the behind the scenes of the startup, which involves like rapid innovation, learning, pivoting, adjusting your product to meet your customers' needs. Then only once that product meets your customers' needs, only then you can think about growing and scaling. Mm. So I would almost argue that like 
finding the actual product market fit, as it's called, like finding the version of the product that really solves a problem for people, that's the hard part. And then from there, it's kind of just like growing and scaling is kind of a puzzle. I've also learned that a lot of companies are good at scaling with money, but as a startup, you have to learn how do we grow and scale without money? And that's a totally different beast because if we had... $15 $15 million, we could go get millions of users, but how do we do that with very limited money in the bank? So I've learned that it's a different art, even budget versus no budget. There is a lot of creativity in that, like you said. That's Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So kind of shifting just a little bit, another thing that you're passionate about, and what's really interesting to me is, you know, you, you've said that this is fulfilling, this work that you're doing, you're doing well at it, it sounds exciting, but you still have a passion for building uh, just a personal brand and your own community. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So there, as you addressed, I have two different things going on. My personal brand, which is largely through Instagram, it's called My Startup Life. And then I have Doer Society, the community that I've built. First and foremost, I'll talk about Doer Society. Um, I kind of touched on some of this earlier, but I really built Doer Society because I recognize the power of genuine community. Namely, um, again, community through networking and mentorship. I saw how it was able to accelerate my career and enhance my confidence, really. And I also saw the impact of the lack of community, the negative impact that comes with the game of entrepreneurship. So I absolutely love my team at Hello Chava. They're so supportive. But with that being said, it's still only four of us in the San Francisco office full time. And I'm the only female, also the youngest um, by far. So it can be a quite lonely journey, just always feeling like the odd one out or the different one or the woman or the young girl or the inexperienced one or the one who's the least confident in my abilities. And it's just lonely. And it's not only me on my team. It's like any entrepreneur starting their endeavor, especially if they're a solopreneur doing it all by themselves, that lack of community and that loneliness that comes with it, some people do really well with it, but a lot of people don't. Um, And I just felt that it was really important for women like myself to have a tribe, almost like your business besties, where you can get personal and professional support. You can connect on things about your business. You can vent to them about business-related things and get help, or even just the personal challenges that come with running a business. Like, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. Like, has this happened to you? Have you dealt with this? Because most of my friends who are not pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors can't really relate to my struggles and it adds to that isolating feeling. So all of these things put together led me to start Doer Society and I'm so happy that I did. Um, And I'm so thankful because my team at Hello Chava is so, so supportive and it's really, really important because actually at Hello Chava, we really value women empowerment. And I think Um, I'm just so proud of my team because it has to start from the top and the guys on my team have really, you know, stepped up and showed we really support women because they've essentially helped me build doer society from the ground up. And today we have a different, a few different parts of the community. We have um, our website, obviously we have an interview series. We have a Facebook group. We have a newsletter. We have an Instagram community where women do takeovers and show us the behind the scenes into their life. And we also have exclusive member opportunities. For example, um, last year I partnered with startup grind and we sent mm-hmm. 55 female founders to the startup grind global conference. And those tickets are pretty expensive. So that was pretty exciting. 
Well, you know, it's, it's one thing feeling a void and noticing a void in the world. And it's another thing to step in in your own spare time and do something about it. And to me, that's, that's leadership. That's what this, this is all about. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the just logistics of starting a tribe and, you know, building that, keeping the culture of it pure and, you know, how do you do that when you're so busy and everything and just kind of, what was it like from idea to where you're at now? Yeah, so it's really interesting from the different startups that I've been a part of. One thing that I really learned is actually kind of the thing I just described with my Hello Chava team supporting women. It has to start from the top and it has to start from the very beginning. So with Doer Society, I was like, I want to commit to making this a very positive friendship first space. Um, Positive because Obviously, in today's climate, especially in Silicon Valley, it's easy to get down on the fact that undoubtedly women have certain disadvantages. And it it can be easy to look at that and see it as a challenge and an obstacle, which it is, but approach it in a negative way, which I decided I don't want to do. I want to facilitate um, a positive take on community. Um, And... You know, aside from that, I noticed that a lot of the network I was networking I was doing felt very transactional. I noticed that there was a lot of just like, how can I go here and get the thing I need and leave? But what I was lacking was a real tribe and I wanted friends. I was like, where are my friends that I can call and vent to about my day? And since I couldn't find a community that had both of those things, um, I decided I wanted to create it. And every single action that I take, every single post that I post, campaign that I run, opportunity that I present stays true to those core values. So literally everything I'm doing, um, I look, is it positive? Is it friendship first? And also, is it facilitating genuine non-transactional connections, um, for example? So is this a place where people actually go to make friends and to become their best personal and professional self and not just pop in to advertise what they're doing. So I would just say, yeah, every action I take, I run it by those core things and make sure that it's aligning. I love it. I love it. What about uh, my startup wife? Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. So, okay. You have so many I, cool things going on. <laughs> I Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, yeah. So it's funny. I actually took a break of using Instagram for like a year and a half because I used to use Instagram just as most people use Instagram to post photos of myself and my friends and things like that. But then I was like, I don't really understand the point of Instagram. So I stopped using it. But then when I started working at Hello Chava, I was like, I want to document my journey, my startup life, and I want to put it on Instagram. So the real reason that I decided to document this journey was built. It was because of my frustration with the media and just the whole fact that whenever you Google entrepreneurship, it looks so sexy. It looks like everyone's an overnight success. And even when you see people who look like you who have done it, you just, or at least I can't speak for your listeners or you, but for me, there's still something in me sometimes that's like, but they must be smarter than I am, or they must have something that I don't, or in some way they're at an advantage and they're doing it and I can't. So I was just like, you know what, just on the 1% chance or less that I become successful by society's definition of it, I want to leave a digital trail of one or five or 10 years or whatever it takes for me to get there, including my late nights, my imperfections, my anxieties, everything 
to show that this is a journey. And it's been a lot of fun um, because, and it's actually helped with the loneliness element as well. Mm. I have made real life friends off of Instagram. Sure. Um, Yeah, there are people, there's like a whole tech community on Instagram and I'm excited to say that I've kind of become a micro influencer within it, which is crazy to think because I literally was just sitting in this basement co-working space documenting my journey. But I reached out to a lot of other people who are also micro influencers, if you will, met some of them in person, become great friends. One is even on my doer society team now. So it's just been incredible. Um, But yeah, just documenting the journey and trying to show as much of the real raw experience as I possibly can. Let me ask you this, because this has come up a couple of times before um, with the platform Instagram specifically, because I, I feel your frustration. It's, uh, I struggle hardcore, especially with that <laughs> But how do you keep a, um, I guess, keep it professional, present yourself as a personal brand, but clean, look nice, and also still be very real and authentic and raw and transparent? That's a good question. Yeah. So first of all, I think it varies a little bit for everyone. For example, um, again, I'm really lucky that my team at Hello Chava is very supportive of everything that I'm doing. So before I started doing all this, I kind of sat down with them and was like, okay, what's fair game? What's off limits? Like, what can I talk about? What can't I talk about? That sort of thing. Um, And then beyond that, I really thought about myself. Like, how do I want to come off to people? Again, it's those core values of like being positive, being authentic, being kind, things like that. So just pairing like the content that I'm going to talk about and that I can talk about with how I want to come off. Um, maybe by some standards, it's not like my Instagram stories technically aren't professional. Like I'm very silly. I try to show my real personality, but I just make sure that everything is Um, consistent to that initial mood board that I set up, if you will. And um, for example, that my Instagram feed is also reflective of what I'm trying to do. So for me personally, um, like my brand is not like bikini photos and me having drinks with my girlfriends, but that could be someone else's brand. It's just my feed. You won't really find that because I've decided like, I also want my feed to be appropriate for a slightly younger audience. So I'm going to tailor everything that I do in a certain way. So I think it just, um, you have to sit down and be very intentional when you start with your content. So people know what to expect when they go to your page. Mm -hmm. And um, granted that can evolve over time, just staying true to a core set of values. And then it, just so happens when you're being consistent, um, the effect that people have is that you are being professional, even if you're being silly. No, I love you said that your (laughs) stories are just you. And that's, that's where I struggle so much because I I know up here that I need to be more professional, but I'm such a like personable kind of goofy person. It's so hard for me to contain that. I like, I like the way that that you look at it. So before we get to our last question, there was one thing that I read that you said that I thought was just really good. It was really, um, I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you share about it, but you talked about the importance of asking Mm -hmm. and that we don't ask enough. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Definitely. So first of all, this is something that I grew up with and I feel so thankful for it. My dad, when I was growing up, always told me to ask and don't settle. And even when you think you lucked out or something's good enough, chances are if you just ask for a little more, you could get it. So particularly in the context of leadership and being a woman and rising in a leadership position, I think it's so important to ask and particularly ask 
ask for more and ask for more, more often than you think is appropriate. Because if you don't ask and you never try, you're never going to know. But if you do ask, even if there's a large percentage of a chance that the answer is going to be no, at least you tried. And at least you get used to the act of asking because most people don't. And it, it pains me because I'm like, if you just grew the courage within yourself, which isn't easy, but if you just practiced it, you would be amazed at the incredible results that you could get both professionally and personally throughout your life. That's so good. Can you give us an example? Maybe a time that you asked for something, you went above and beyond and said, Hey, can I have this? And it happened. And I'm kind of putting you on the spot there, but I'd love to hear a story. Yeah, honestly, I think it's everything that's happened in my career. Like I I like to say that I've never applied for a job because I haven't and I never want to. When I was at UCLA and my company had failed, most of my friends were signing with great firms and they had great jobs. And I was sitting there with literally nothing. And everyone was suggesting like, just apply for a regular job, just pay your dues. And in a few years, you can think about what you really want to do. But I was like, screw that. I'm going to, my dream is to be in a startup and learn from a founder. So I'm going to make it happen. And everyone was like, that's not how it works. Like you don't just reach out to a founder and get a job. But I decided to ask and I asked hundreds of times and I got ignored hundreds of times until I got one yes. And similarly, um, with Hello Chava even, I actually, that trip that I booked to San Francisco to meet with Leonard and Isaac, um, aka Zach, I met with a lot of other people too, just asking like, hey, I want to be on a founding team or I want to be a co-founder. And again, most people were like looking at me like I was crazy because they were like, who is this young girl with no experience coming in and being like, I want to do this. But I kept on asking and I, again, got that one yes. So I think those are some great examples of how it's worked for me and why I believe so strongly in it. That is powerful. That is powerful. Thank you. Uh, Before our very last question, where can people connect with you online? Yeah. So you can definitely connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at my startup life, my dot startup life. I try to read all my DMS. So that's a fun place to connect. And also doersociety.com. If you want, if you want to join doersociety.com, just sign up for our newsletter and I will keep you in the loop on all things doer. So good. So good. I'll have all that linked in the show notes. And our last question, if you were in an arena filled with leaders who did not, uh, have a position of leadership yet. Maybe they were like you at the beginning where you knew you had what it took to be a founder, to be a part of a startup, but you didn't have the experience and you were getting doors slammed in your face. And you were just in front of all of these people who knew they had a calling on their life, knew they had the gift of leadership, but felt disqualified or maybe were constantly being told no. And you just had a minute or so to share something with them. What would you tell them? I think I would tell them two things. <laughs> That's okay. Number one would definitely be to ask and that same piece of advice that I just shared. Number two would be make sure you always operate with macro patience, micro speed. And I'm stealing this one from Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a big idol of mine. And basically what that means is your dream and your life goal, whether it's building a business, even building a relationship, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a decade, 20 years, 30 years. So you have to have macro patience in the pursuit of what you're trying to do. Mm. With that being said, micro speed, your day to day, you have to be quick. 
You have to prioritize when a customer emails you, you email back, you work very quickly and efficiently, um, always in the pursuit of that same goal. And what I found is most people have it mixed up. They have um, micro slowness basically on the day to day, they're slow, but they expect the big results instantly. They expect their business to be huge tomorrow. So I would say, just make sure that you're always A, asking, trying to do as much as you can to make things work in your favor, but B, you are remaining patient and efficient in the pursuit of your goal. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.